0: Our second reading today is 1 Peter, the second chapter, beginning at verse 21. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was abused, he did not return abuse. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that free from sins we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were going astray like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Dear friends in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord, the living Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Many of you know that years and years ago, I was serving a congregation in a small town in Minnesota that was surrounded by beautiful Minnesota farmland. It was a rural community. And I learned in that congregation as a very young pastor that there were lots of people who rarely worshipped on the Lord's Day. Uh, they would come to worship on Christmas Eve but the rest of the year they wouldn't be at church unless they were there for a funeral now this was a very different phenomenon for me I'd become a Lutheran in a uh, very different setting right outside Washington DC in a very young congregation that was just two or three years old when my family found it and joined so I turned to my church council for wisdom um, A lot of these people would only show up at Christmas, and then they wouldn't be at the church at all the rest of the year unless there was a funeral. They'd show up for a funeral, even if they didn't know the person who had died. And it was a church council that explained to me, Oh, pastor, you don't know. um, Funerals mean free food. (laughs) Um, There would be lots of good food in fellowship hall after each of these funerals. One of the people who worshipped in this pattern was a very old farmer, already well into his um, late 80s. He happened to be at the church one weekday for a funeral and then for the reception, and he was in Fellowship Hall enjoying um, his hot dish. And for those of you who don't speak Minnesotan, hot dish means casserole of some sort, usually with a cream of mushroom soup and... Um, a blessed topping of tater tots. Um, I've been warned. I've been warned by many people uh, not to cross this old farmer. I was told that uh, he had no time for preachers, that he didn't like pastors. i had been told that no pastor in that congregation before me had ever um, talked to him because they were just afraid of him. So, you know what I did next? I went over to talk to him. I walked across Fellowship Hall and pulled out a chair and sat down at his table. And before I could even say, Hello, Les. His name was Lester. Before I could even say, Hello, Les, he blurted out, You know, in a perfect world, there be no pastors. And at that moment, I uh, give all the glory to God. Um... For giving me the words that I spoke I said you know Les you're right There'd be no pastors in a perfect world Not one And I could tell by the look on his face That he was surprised Uh, But God gave me more words I said you know in a perfect world We wouldn't need farmers like you either Because we'd all grow our own food In a perfect world we'd both be out of work And then what happened next, I'm told by the people who'd lived there their whole lives, was a small miracle. They saw Les laughing for the first time. I mean, really laughing. I mean, I'm talking a Minnesota farmer, belly laugh with bits of hot dish flying in my direction. Now, I wish I could tell you, I wish I could stand before you and tell you that after that exchange, uh, he immediately started coming to worship every Sunday, sitting in the front row. I wish I could tell you that we became, you know, just the best of buddies. I can't tell you those things, but here's what I can tell you, and here's what I will tell you. Shortly after that funeral, um, he started dropping by my office on weekdays when he was in town on errands. And he would stop by unannounced right in the middle of the week just to drink some uh, hot coffee and talk. And it was in the talking, actually it was in the listening, that I learned that his father had died in a horrific accident about this time of year when he was out in the field harvesting the crops. His father had died when he was just a boy. And then when Lester finally turned 16, he dropped out of school because he had to work the farm. And just a few years after that, His mother had died of cancer. Now these were not wealthy farmers in the area I served. Most of them just barely made it year after year. And Lester and his mom had no medical insurance. So with that advanced cancer, he cared for her at home until the day she died. So I learned that life had been really, really hard for this old Norwegian bachelor farmer. And then he told me some things that helped me understand how his experience of life became harder still and how some of the things he heard as a boy um, made him angry and even angry with God. When he was just a boy, you know, junior high, And his dad was killed in that farm accident. Uh, He heard people saying, you know, this is God's will. And when his mom was diagnosed with stage four cancer, he was told this is God's will. He shared with me that even a few people suggested that the accident was God's judgment against his father for his sin. And that if his mother had been praying enough and had sufficient faith, the Lord would surely have cured her of the cancer. So he was angry. And so we talked about God. We didn't speculate, but we went right to the word. We looked in the Bible at texts like the one before us today, reminding us that all of us, every single one of us, like sheep, have gone astray. And then we did some theology. You know, if God were to punish us with death and cancer for sin, then all of us would be dead already. We'd already be diseased. We talked about this Jesus, this shepherd of our souls. This Jesus who came to die so that we could live with him forever. And during one of those conversations, um, Lester looked me straight in the eye. And he said, so do you think God loves me? (laughs) And I told him without hesitation, I don't think God loves you. I know God loves you. He doesn't like everything you say and do. He doesn't like everything I say and do. But I know he loves you, Les. I know he loves you. He proved it on the cross. In a perfect world, uh, Lester had it right. I would be unemployed. There'd be no need for pastors to preach a gospel of love. For there'd be no sinners for whom Jesus would need to suffer and die but I won't stop there. In a perfect world, there'd be no attorneys because we'd all get along without dispute. I'm not gonna stop there. In a perfect world, there'd be no teachers because we would all be born with complete perfect knowledge. There'd be no dentists or doctors or nurses. We would have perfect health continually. There'd be no carpenters, plumbers, electricians, repairmen. We'd all have the skills and resources necessary to build perfect homes that never needed maintenance or repair. In a perfect world, there'd be no politicians or police officers. We wouldn't need to be governed. We wouldn't need laws. No one would commit a crime. And there'd be no need for Hollywood. There'd be no need for entertainers. Our lives would be so magnificent and sublime, we wouldn't need to pay somebody else to distract us or entertain us, as it were. You see, Jesus didn't die for a perfect world or for perfect people. He died for those like you and me, who were already as good as dead, uh, in bondage to sin, and could not free ourselves. The cross, the cross, the cross. We always preach Christ crucified, as the Apostle Paul said. The cross reminds us that God became flesh and lived among us to die among us by the wounds that Jesus suffered, the flogging the crown of thorns, the nails, really the spikes that were hammered into his feet and hands, Um, the lance that pierced his side. Jesus did all that for sinners like you and me. So I want you, as you prepare to come to the table this morning, and as I prepare to come to the same I want you to think on 1 Peter, this living word, as God speaks directly to you. Uh, Listen to the voice of the Savior, not the preacher, as God speaks to you from 1 Peter. I have called you. I've called you so you can hear my voice. I've called you that you might follow. I know you. I know everything about you. I know all the ways you've gone astray. And now I've called you to come home, to return to the shepherd who loves you. I'm the guardian of your soul, says Jesus. And I will never abandon you, though others may betray and abandon. I alone am the one who bore your sins, this Jesus says to set you free for righteousness I was wounded that you might be healed as you come to the Lord's table this day brothers and sisters think and pray on these things think of Jesus his sacrifice his true body his precious blood given and shed for you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit amen